What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday. Happy Veterans Day to, uh, I guess I'm going to say, any anyone that's ever served in the military, regardless of whatever country you're in. But here in the United States, um, today is Veterans Day. It's November 11th. Um, so, yeah, happy Veterans Day. Um, I hope everybody, everybody's been doing well. I've been really busy, you guys can tell. I've um, been traveling for work. As per usual, I'm actually, today's Thursday, I'm leaving again on Sunday to, uh, you know, leave for work again. I'll be gone for like another week, so I can't guarantee that there will be a show next week. Actually, I'm going to probably go ahead and say that there won't be, um, even though it's already been a month since the last show that I did, but like I said, things have been been kind of crazy. Um, next month, I'm going out of the country, I'm going to Germany for, for Christmas, um, kind of looking forward to that, um, you know, but... The month of December, aside from me going to Germany, is going to be pretty slow. Uh, this month is already essentially half over. Uh, we got Thanksgiving coming up like in two weeks, I guess. Um, just just a lot happening, but not just a lot happening like you know with what's going on with me. But there's a lot happening in the world of, of football. Um, missed quite a few match days, uh, you know, in the European leagues as well as you know every place else. Um, right now we are at the start of another international break. This will be the last one for 2021. Um, a lot of World Cup qualifiers going on. You know, there's some friendlies going on as well. Uh, this morning I woke up and started watching a game, two teams that I've never actually seen play before. Uh, it was China hosting Oman in uh, for AFC World Cup qualifying. Um, it was actually, you know, a pretty decent game. Um, you know, both teams are playing well. It wasn't uh, what I expected at all. You know, I've never really followed China um, at all. Um, you know, they put a lot of uh, emphasis on improving their game. I think they're going to try to host the World Cup, uh, you know, in the, the coming years or whatever. Uh, that's a whole other thing. So we'll see if that, you know, goes to every two years. But the current model, they've been planning on not only trying to host the World Cup, but also trying to win the World Cup. Uh, I know few years ago, two years ago, whatever, I read that they were talking about trying to not only, you know, put more money into their national team, you know, for both men and women, but also to put a lot of money into the development of football in their country by building hundreds, maybe possibly even thousands of uh, not only facilities, but pitches for kids to, to learn and, you know, start them off at an early age. Uh, to hopefully eventually, you know, sometime in the 2030s, have China host the World Cup and potentially win it. Um, the game today ended in a 1-1 draw, but uh, Oman scored off of this really, really good corner to to uh, to level it. But, you know, I can't lie, it was actually a really good game. And like I mentioned, you know, those are two teams that I've never seen play before. But uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised at the uh, the quality of the football in that match. Um, you know, I'm sure most Americans probably can't even point out where Oman is um, on the map, but uh, that that was a it was a quality match. I mean, they got some some quality players. It was definitely a um, a good match to watch. So um, let's see. Before I get into, I'm just going to cover like the the standings right now for you know the top leagues in Europe. But um, I'm trying to think of some stuff that's been going on. So obviously Ronald Koeman. Um, and I'm going to be all over the place this episode. Sorry about that. But Ronald Koeman, um, you know, out as the Barcelona manager. They bought in Xavi. Uh, he was coaching at Al Saad. Um, 
he came in and decided to make a whole bunch of changes like immediately. One of the first things that I read was that he's bringing back fines for players, you know, being late to training or, you know, other administrative stuff. Uh, now players are going to have to arrive at the training ground 90 minutes before training starts. Uh, if they don't, they'll be fined. Um, all players are going to have to eat. Uh, I think at least their lunch or pre-training meals at the facility, um, which is new, but he wants to be able to con totally control, you know, the player's nutrition and, you know, things of that nature. Um, there was some other stuff well, with fines that, uh, the first fine will be whatever the amount is. The second fine for the same offense is going to be doubled. And then if there's a third offense, it'll be tripled. And after that, who knows, um, what will happen. Uh, he's also making training staff. They have to show up at the grounds two hours before the start of training. So he is essentially coming in and, you know, making sure that everybody knows that he's in charge. He's not messing around. So we'll see if this is, you know, if Barcelona is able to turn things around, you know, whenever a new manager comes in, it's, it's always, there's a lot of changes that happen, obviously with staff and whatever else in the culture. But I mean, I've never seen anything. This is, not his first time coaching, obviously, but this is, you know, he's at Barcelona now. So I think he wants to, he's coming in and he's going to bring in everything that he probably always thought um, should have been happening at Barcelona. So I guess the, the fines and everything hasn't been around at Barcelona since Pep Guardiola left. And I guess it's just been kind of, I don't want to say willy nilly, but it's, it's been a little bit more relaxed. I'm interested to see if those same type of fines and, um, you know, the not the tardiness, but the punctuality and requiring meals and, you know, 90 minutes before training. I wonder if Pep does that at, uh, at Man City. Be something I probably should see if I could look that up. But yeah, so Barcelona has a new coach. We'll see how they do. They're not really sitting too well. Actually, the usual, usual suspects, I guess, uh, in La Liga aren't sitting where they, they've been or places that we're accustomed to seeing them at. But uh, it'd be just interesting to see how how this this whole thing uh, plays out. Um, let's see what else is going on in the world of football right now. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester United. So my my son, he is a Man United fan. You know he has the same birthday as Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo is exactly twenty years older than him. Um, you know he follows man manchester united pretty pretty intently and my son has been waiting for ole to be fired and it seems like every time that he you know they're on the cusp of getting rid of him somehow cristiano ronaldo according to my son will come in and save ole's job uh he's done it the last couple of matches where you know they've been down or uh it's been level and ronaldo has somehow managed to squeak a goal through or whatever uh to be able to save ole I think personally that he's probably going to get end up getting fired during this international break. So I think by probably Sunday, he may not have a job anymore. So Brandon Rogers has been rumored as you know his possible replacement. I guess we'll see what happens with that. But uh, you know, there there's no, um, I don't know. I guess he he's on the he's on the hot seat even even when they win. He's, he's, he's still on the hot seat. The team isn't doing terribly, I guess. It's just that, uh, you know, Manchester United fans have come to expect a little bit more. And he's just not, you know, I guess what they're expecting. So, um, 
yeah. Let's see. Um, this is totally unrelated to the outside world of football, but me personally, my family. So my, my youngest son, he's been playing. Uh, he plays for a, a U11 team here in uh, San Antonio. This team, um, they up until last weekend, they had not won a game. <laughs> I would say they had a, a goal differential of probably like minus 50. Um, they had scored three goals the entire season, you know, pretty disheartening. You know, they, on average, were losing games, you know, like seven to zero, you know, 10 to zero. At one point, there was a 15 to one game that they lost. Um, and then last Saturday, um, they had a game. I took my oldest son to it because he hadn't been to any of these games. And as soon as we got to the field, he said, not only is his younger brother going to score a goal, he was like, but they're going to win this game comfortably. So I was like, okay, you know, this is your first game of the season. So I'm liking the optimism, but, uh, you know, I've been here this whole time. I've been to, you know, their other eight or nine games or whatever. And I'm like, it's probably not going to happen the way you think it is. I don't know what happened, but the team came out looking completely different than they normally do. They were, I don't know, they were just pursuing the ball. Their passes were sound. The goalie was on fire. I mean, it was it was pretty wild, and uh, they ended up winning seven to zero. My youngest had a goal. Now, keep in mind, you know, my youngest is pretty fast, so a lot of times the coach plays him at right back, and because he's kind of comfortable back there, like he doesn't panic when the ball comes near him, and you know his passing is is pretty legit. Um, but you know, he loves Cristiano Ronaldo. He wants to be a striker. Um, he doesn't want to, you know, play on defense, even though he's really good at it, in my opinion. Uh, so the coach subbed him out and then he said, Hey coach, put me in it forward. He was like, I'm going to score. So the coach said, okay, put him back in. He scored two minutes later. It was, it was pretty impressive. So the kids were extremely happy. They thought they were, you know, best team in the world. You would have thought they won the world cup, uh, based on how they were cheering and how happy they were. As I mentioned, it was a uh, seven to zero. Oh man, my computer sounds like it's about to take off right now. It was seven to zero, and uh, they won. Unfortunately, they had a, a game the following day, and it seemed like they couldn't bring that same intensity. Uh, so the following day, they lost. Uh, I think it was five to zero or something like that. But um, you know, they played well. It's just the other team was a lot better than they were. So yeah, that was that's just you know a little part of my life that's that's going on. I thought I'd share that with you guys. In addition to that. Um, I've always wanted to, um, you know, be a soccer referee, a football referee. So I've actually started the process, taking the classes, at least at the grassroots level, to um, to be a referee uh, for some of the you know the local matches that are happening around here. Um, you know, probably start with the little kids, maybe move up to like high school if that's possible. Um, but I'm just starting the certification process, doing the classes. I'm gonna eventually have to go through this two-hour-long course. Um, that it's it's an in-person course, you know, with actual certified instructors uh, to be able to get the the U.S. soccer certification to do that. So I am in the middle of doing that, um, and once that's completed, I'm probably going to also get the coaching certification, um, which I think will be a little bit more intense. Um, but we'll see. I'll let you guys know, you know, how that's going. It's something that I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, I should be able to finish definitely. The, the refereeing portion within the next few weeks, you know, 
around work and travel and all the other stuff. But I'm excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, it's something that I've wanted to do for for a really long time. I just, for whatever reason, just I I can blame it on COVID, I guess a little bit, but I just never really decided to like attack it. And now I'm actually um, gonna do that. It's a lot of it primarily too is because when I go to these games with my son, I see some of the people that are officiating. And, you know, some of them are really young. I think you only have to be 13. And, you know, keep in mind the kids are, it's a U11 team. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's pretty wild how young some of the officials are. So I was like, I, I can do that. You know, I know a lot about the game. Um, so let me, you know, go in and try to do that. Especially on the weekends, it's something that I would be able to do. Granted, I wouldn't be able to officiate games that my son is in. I wouldn't want to. Anyway, but, uh, yeah, it's something that I've always wanted to do. I'm finally pursuing it. Like I said, I'll let you guys know um, how that's going. So, all right. Um, with that being said, let's look over some of these standings for the top leagues in Europe. All right, so we're going to start with the Bundesliga. Um, they're at match day 11. So right now, you got Bayern on top with 28 points. Borussia Dortmund's in second with 24. Freiburg is in third with 22. Wolfsburg's in fourth with 19. Uh, RB Leipzig is in 5th with 18, Bayer Leverkusen is in 6th, also with 18, and then Mainz, surprisingly, they're typically cellar dwellers, they're in 7th place with 17 points. My beloved VFB Stuttgart right now is just barely outside the relegation zone, sitting in 15th with 10 points, followed by Augsburg in 16th with 9 points. Armenia Bielefeld, uh, who Stuttgart just lost to last weekend, is in 17th place with 8 points, and then Firth is in last. They've only been able to manage one draw this season. Zero wins. They have one point. All right. Um, my computer is really loud. Can you guys hear that? That's that's ridiculously loud. How that's how that's running. Um, I don't know what what the deal is, but anyway. All right. So moving on to League One. Right now, PSG is sitting on top after 13 match days with 34 points. Lyon is in second with 24 points. Nice and Marseille are in third and fourth, respectively, both with 23 points. Uh, Rene is in fifth with 22 points, and Montpellier is in sixth with 19 points. Bottom of the table, Brest and Bordeaux are 17th and 18th, both with 12 points. Saint-Étienne is in 19th with 9 points, and then Metz is in last with 8 points. All right, moving on to Serie A. After 12 match days, Napoli and AC Milan are 1 and 2, both with 32 points. Inter is in 3rd with 25 points. Atalanta is in 4th with 22. Lazio is in 5th with 21. Roma is in 6th with 19 points. Bottom of the table, uh, Genoa is in 17th with 9 points. Sampdoria is in 18th, also with 9 points. Uh, Salentana, <laughs> I always mess this name up <laughs> every single time. Uh, Salentana is in 19th with 7 points, and then Caligari is in last with 6 points. Alright, La Liga, match day 13. So keep in mind, there's a couple of teams that haven't played 13 match days in uh, La Liga yet, but right now, top of the table, you got Real Sociedad with 28 points. Real Madrid is in 2nd with 27. Sevilla is in 3rd, also with 27 points. Uh, Atletico Madrid is in 4th with 23 points. Real Betis is in 5th with 21 points. And then Rayo Vallecano is in 6th with 20 points. Bottom of the table, you got Granada and Elche at 17 and 18, both with 11 points. And then Levante and Getafe 
in 19th and 20th, respectively, both with six points. All right, moving on to the Premier League. After 11 match days, Chelsea still on top with 26 points. Man City's in second with 23, followed by West Ham also with 23. Liverpool's in fourth with 22. Arsenal is in fifth with 20 points. And you got Manchester United and Brighton in sixth and seventh, both with 17 points. Bottom of the table, 17th place is Watford with 10 points. Burnley's in 18th with 8 points. Newcastle is in 19th with 5. Norwich City, bottom of the table, also with 5 points. All right, you guys are going to have to bear with me because this is where it starts to get a little crazy um, with the pronunciation of the names of some of these teams. It starts here. So we're going to the Eredivisie in the Netherlands after match day 12. Ajax is sitting on top with 26 points, followed by PSV Eindhoven with 24. Utrecht is in third with 23 points. Feyenoord is in fourth with 22. Vitesse is in fifth with 19 points. Uh, Willem II is in sixth place with 18. And then Nijmegen is in seventh with 17 points. Bottom of the table, FC Groningen uh, is in 15th with 10 points. Fortuna Sittard is in 16th with 9 points. Sparta Rotterdam is in 17th with 7 points. And then PEC Swolle is in last with 4 points. Moving on to Belgium, 1st Division A. After 14 match days, you got Union Saint-Gilos. I probably butchered that, but they're on top with 31 points. Followed by Royal Antwerp in 2nd with 27 points. Club Brugge is in 3rd, also with 27 points. KV Mechelen is in 4th with 23 points. Sporting Chalawa is in 5th with 23 points also. Genk is in 6th. Yupan uh, is in 7th. Anderlecht is in 8th. All three of those, 6, 7, and 8, all have 21 points. Bottom of the table, you got RFC Siring with 13 points. Circle Brugge in 17th with 10 points. And then Bierschock is in 18th with 6 points. Moving on to Portugal. After 11 match days, Porto sitting on top with 29 points, followed by Sporting, also with 29 points. Benfica's in third place with 28. Estoril is in fourth with 20. Braga is in 19th, or excuse me, in fifth place with 19 points. And then Portimonis, I know I destroyed that name, but they're sitting in sixth place with 17 points. Bottom of the table, uh, I'm going to try this, Moriens. It is in 15th with 8 points. Belenenses is in 16th with 8 points. Maritimo, 17th with 7 points. And then Santa Clara is in 18th with 6 points. Moving on to Switzerland in the Super League. Match day 13. It's only 10 teams in this league. Uh, on top, uh, you got FC Basel with 26 points. FC Zurich is in 2nd with 25 points. Young Boys in 3rd with 22 points. Logano is in 4th with 20 points. Grasshopper is in 5th with 18. St. Gallen and Sion, 6th uh, and 7th respectively, both with 15 points. Servetta is in 8th place with 12 points. Lucerne is in 9th with 10 points. And then bottom of the table is Lusana with 8 points. So those are all the top leagues in Europe. Um also have the European competitions, obviously the Europa Conference League, the Europa League, and the Champions League that are also going on at the same time. I will cover those probably in a separate 
episode after after the the group stages are over because uh, there's just a lot a lot a lot of teams to, to go through even though you know they've shortened up some of them but you know there's gonna be teams dropping from the champions league to the europa league and teams dropping from the europa league to the conference league um so i just i'll cover that um at a totally different time um so today you've know, got a lot of uh, national team matches going on world cup qualifying um germany's match just started about 20 minutes ago so once i'm finished here i'm gonna try to catch at least the second half of that uh, they'll be playing against Liechtenstein, so i'm assuming there's going to be at least six goals scored in that game not necessarily saying that you know germany's going to win but there will definitely be a lot of goals scored in that game um tonight you got brazil hosting colombia which would be a pretty decent game uh greece and spain are playing as well and ireland hosting Portugal. So tomorrow, uh, let's see, um, the African qualification, you got Gabon hosting Libya, should be a pretty decent match. Angola hosting Egypt. Uh, Moving on to Europe, you got England versus Albania and Italy versus Switzerland, that should be a really good match. And then you also tomorrow, if you have a way to watch it, uh, you'll have Uruguay hosting Argentina. But the match that I will be watching tomorrow for sure is the United States hosting Mexico. Um, the U.S. have to get at least a point out of that game. A win would be better. Uh, it's going to be cold. I think they're playing in Cincinnati. Uh, so it'll be, you know, it should be a pretty, pretty decent game. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So, um the U.S. just, they they really, really, really need to to win the Hex. I mean, I, I can't think of a single reason why they can't. Mexico, yes, is a good team. Um, but they need to, uh, they, they just need to do more and, uh, you know, push a little bit harder. So, um, all right. So looking at some news, um, I mentioned it earlier. I think I mentioned it on the last episode, <clears throat> excuse me, even though it was like a month ago. This, uh, this biennial... Um, FIFA World Cup, which I think is a terrible, terrible, terrible idea. Um, I don't. I, I, me for me personally, players, player safety is obviously important because you know the fans go to the games to watch the players. If the players are hurt because they're playing too many games, uh, no, that's not going to make anybody happy. It 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 really won't. Um, I get it right now. Every four years. You know, you everybody wants to see their team playing a World Cup. You know, yada yada. I'm, I'm more for expanding the amount of teams in the World Cup to a reasonable level, because you know you have to keep in mind the World Cup is really just the final portion. There's still qualifying that's happening in the lead up, which technically is a part of the World Cup. Um, but FIFA is envious of UEFA, which I get because you know Champions League is bringing in a bunch of money. Um, FIFA really only makes money, at least from the men's game. I can't speak from the from the women's game, but they're only making money once every four years. That that's where they make all of their money, essentially. Um, but having World Cup every two years, n- nobody's gonna nobody's gonna enjoy that. They just won't, you know. And I don't know how well, I know how UEFA stands on it. I don't know how the other confederations stand on it, where there's teams that. Um, 
you know, don't consistently make our nations, I should say, that don't consistently make it to the World Cup, they might think, oh, well, if it's every two years and you're going to expand the amount of clubs or excuse me, uh, nations that can compete in it, that might be to our benefit. But at the cost of the players and their safety and their health and, you know, it's not something that I support, you know, not at all. Um, One of the things that makes the World Cup, just like the Olympics special, is that it's not constantly happening. You know, that's that's the beauty of it. Not it's it's not constantly happening. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. uh, We'll see what happens. But it seems like all the Premier League clubs right now are saying that they're totally against it. And I don't blame them. The Premier League is, you know, some people think it's the best club uh, competition in the world. Um, I will say this. They do play a lot of matches. They have four different competitions, potentially, that teams are playing in. Just in the Premier League, you got the League. You got the uh, Carabao Cup. You got the FA Cup. And then teams will be playing in the Champions League, the Europa League, or the Conference League also. Uh, so there's just a lot, a lot of matches that those players are playing in. And it why change? I get it. I get the money thing. I, I, I understand that. But why why mess with something that's not broken? Yes, if you want to tweak it, keep it every four years, but have 48 teams play. Um, I mean, they're already messing with the, 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 the schedule, the calendar for next year, which I've mentioned. I don't know how many times, but you're already messing with the calendar for next year, which is going to throw off a whole lot. We, we're about a year away from the World Cup starting next year, and there's leagues and federations that haven't even really seriously thought about how they're going to implement their seasons for next year. You know, here in the U.S., the MLS will be fine because the season typically ends in November. They can just start probably two weeks earlier, but... What's the Premier League going to do? I'm still, I, maybe I have to find that to read up on how they're going to do that or how the Bundesliga, the league that I follow the, the closest, how is the Bundesliga going to do that? Are they going to move their international break or not, excuse me, their their winter break? They can't. Nobody wants to play in freaking Berlin in early January. Like, that's just terrible, you know? So I'm really, really interested to see how, how they're going to, uh, how they're going to do that. Man, there's a lot, a lot that's going to be happening. And I'm still a little upset because of COVID that we didn't get our FIFA Club World Cup, the, the new version of it. Even though I still think they need to go to four, four team groups instead of having three team groups. But that's just me. They, I think they really should have like a fan led uh, like group or committee or whatever within FIFA or UEFA. Actually, maybe they should have that for every single one of not only the associations but also the confederations they, they probably should think about implementing something like that i'll be the first one to volunteer if the pay is good um yeah i don't know like i said i was gonna be rambling on this episode um i'm gonna have to take my my little one to practice in a little bit um i'm gonna try to catch some of this germany game uh so thank you guys for listening i hope you guys have a great week i will talk to you guys probably like in a week and a half um, I just, I just, I really am sorry for not putting out the podcast as consistently as I used to. Um, with that being said, this is the 90th, uh, which is kind of funny, the 90th episode of the, uh, of the podcast. Never thought I'd make it beyond like 10, but here we are Been slowed down because of work and you know, everything else. But I truly appreciate you guys sticking with me, sticking with the podcast Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for interacting with me on social media, through emails and tweets and 
um, Instagram posts, which I seem to not really do, but I appreciate all you guys' messages. Excuse me, messages. Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, anything that you want to hear me talk about on the show to make the show better, I'm still constantly looking for ways to refine it. I just I know that I have to be a little bit more consistent. But thank you guys for sticking with me. So um, I hope you guys have a you know great rest of your week, great weekend, and I will talk to you guys. Um, probably in about a week and a half. So thanks for listening. You guys have a great day.